Brandon Overton is out of the Lucas chase, and I want to talk through, uh, through their very odd weekend of decisions. Plus, we're talking Outlaws, BC39, and more. Let's go. It's Sunday, October 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Uh, I, we got to talk about this Brandon Overton situation today. I, I'm going to preface this first, though, with a few things. First, I know that if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I can see that point right off. Second, I know I'm the only one in America who cares about Dirt Lay Model Championships. I literally sell a t-shirt in the merch shop because of it. You could buy it for 10 bucks. But that, uh, but what Wells Motorsports and Brandon Overton did this weekend, specifically on Friday, was a fairly sizable, completely unforced error. It effectively led to them missing the Lucas Chase Final Four, and I'm surprised there isn't more talk about it around the community today. Last night at the Pittsburgher, Overton's Wells 76 suffered a power steering failure while running in the top three, uh, and he ended up finishing ninth after a late charge back through the field. Mechanical failures can't be stopped sometimes, and he talked after the race to Kevin Kovac and Flow Racing and said, quote, shit happens. And you know what? He's right. I agree 100%. But what was avoidable was the inexplicable and short-lived Team Zero chassis experiment on Friday night at Raceway 7. Headed into the Jackson 100 weekend at Brownstown last week, Overton had nine straight Lucas top nine finishes, including a win and laps led in five of those races. And even with an 11th place run on Saturday night, he left Brownstown with an 80-point cushion to Devin Moran for that final locked-in spot with just two races left. But Friday at Raceway 7, the team rolled into the pit area, and instead of their usual Longhorn chassis, they unloaded an older Team Zero car owned by Grant Pearl that was previously an on a Parkhurst ride. They weren't happy with their performance and decided to go a different direction, and boy did they. And if you don't know, by the way, Team Zero is the Bloomquist chassis. And this was made all more strange by the fact that Wells is a Longhorn chassis dealer. Once the Friday program got going, it was a disaster from the first green flag. I don't think Overton completed a lap at speed during hot laps as the car broke something. I, I think I heard somewhere that it was electrical issues. It was then on jack stands when it was their turn to qualify, leaving them to start at the rear of Heat 2. Overton was able to pass Bob Dorman for 7th, but couldn't find a way around Drake Trotman, and that 7th place Heat finish left him with a 20th place feature start. I think it's important to point out, too, that the Friday field was one of the weaker we've seen all season with Lucas. Just 24 cars sign in, and only 23 started the main event. After the abysmal heat, the Wells team flipped back from uh, the zero to the Longhorn, and then Overton went 20th to 13th in that main event. With Devin Moran finishing in second, Overton went to PPMS on Saturday with just a 15-point cushion, which then allowed for things to play out like they did. Overton has the power steering problems. Moran goes seventh to second and snags that final spot. You literally cannot make this stuff up. And as we watched it all go down on Friday, it started to bring all of this like there's there's no way this doesn't end badly for Overton. And I know a lot of this is hypothetical and you have no idea how it would have actually played out if he would have stayed with the Longhorn. But this feels like a big screw up at an absolute minimum. It cost them twenty seven thousand dollars with the points payouts. And if all could have gone absolutely right, it could cost them as much as 142000 had Overton found a way to win at Eldora. The final margin to Moran was just 30 points. That means if Overton finishes 7th on Friday night instead of 13th, he's in and Moran is out. And two more spots in that heat race, finishing 5th ahead of Troutman and Bump Hedman puts Overton starting 14th instead of 20th. Uh, then a 7 spot charge in the feature, like he did, gets him to 7th. 
And let's not forget that Overton has tied for the most Lucas Heat Race wins this season at 24 and just slightly trails Davenport and RTJ for best Heat Race average finish. If he's in the Longhorn from the jump, he probably isn't starting DFL in that heat, which could have meant a much better feature start on a night where the field was weaker. Overton is being praised today for his interview afterwards last night, and in it, he talked about how they haven't been great this year, and it wasn't going to matter anyway headed to Eldora in a few weeks. And maybe he's right. He wasn't good at Eldora for the dream or the world, and it would have taken a big effort to turn that around. But you know what? Making that Final Four was literally the entire reason they were full-time this season. Get in for the Dirt Track World Championship and have the shot at the title. And they were right there in the, uh, until they decided to experiment right at the end and open the door for a surging Devin Moran. It was a desperation move that feels like it just didn't need to be made. What a completely wild turn of events we had in these last two races. On the flip side, congrats to Moran and the Double Down team. Four straight podiums to end it, which is part of a larger 16-race top nine finish streak. They had an up and down year, but found the consistency just when they needed it. And now they go to Eldora with a shot at the championship and guaranteed themselves at least a $100,000 points payout. As for weekend wins, it was an RTJ sweep. So headed to the finale, he's won seven of the last nine Lucas features. The historic run for the 20 RT continues. And now all that's left is the big showdown at Eldora. Uh, before we move on, please hit that like button uh, on this video and subscribe to the channel. That's an easy and free way to support what I'm doing here. We are edging closer to that 25,000 subscriber goal that I set for the year. At Williams Grove last night, it was Brent Marks picking up the $75,000 National Open win. I tweeted this out as well, but I have to be honest, I was rooting for Darren Pittman to win last night. He was in the Kreitz 69K and led a bunch of laps before Marks got around him. Uh, Pittman eventually settled for second, which was his sixth second place finish in his career in the National Open. It would have been an incredible win for a lot of reasons. It was a great run, though, uh, regardless. Brad Sweet run the Friday night makeup feature that they ran after the big show. He continues to look like he's on his way to a fifth outlaw title. He's going to go five straight, pocket the big money, and then slide over to high limit full time next year. It's going to be a little strange to witness all of that. Just 10 races are left for the outlaws with Port Royal on tap for this week. We've also got the Tuscarora 50 makeup on Thursday before the outlaw weekend starts on Friday. Uh, the BC39 wrapped up last night as well. It was a fantastic show on the dirt at Indy. Justin Grant came out on top of an absolute slider fest that included Thomas Meserol and Emerson Axum. Flow Racing at one point tweeted, quote, slide yard. And I'm going to be disappointed if USAC and IMS aren't selling slide yard t-shirts uh, at the BC39 next year. If you didn't watch it yet, 10 out of 10, definitely recommend going and uh, checking out the replay today. It's obviously available over on Flow. USAC Midgets go quiet now for like six weeks. Uh, the season then starts to wind down November 14th at Bakersfield, which then kicks off their West Coast run. With the Word of Outlaws lay models, Mike Marler, Bobby Pierce split the weekend victories at Atomic. Pierce now has 12 Outlaw wins on the season. He extended his championship advantage over Chris Madden with just eight races left. I feel like every time I watch a feature at Atomic, I'm shocked by just how fast the cars go there. It's a big boy racetrack for sure. Always entertaining races at Atomic. Out in California, track issues at Hanford turned the Sprint Car Challenge Tour and NARC Weekend into an absolute mess. Both nights were eventually sacked, but hat tip to Doug Lockwood and Merced Speedway for adding 360s to their th uh, Saturday show. Cole Macedo was a winner there over Gage Garcia. Looking at other weekend winners, Ashton Winger, Ethan Dodson split the Talladega Hunt the front wins. Zach Mitchell picked up a nice $12,000 check. He topped Ben Watkins and Chris Ferguson to win the Mike Duvall Memorial at Cherokee. Bill Baylog was an IRA winner at Plymouth, while Brenham Crouch has wrapped up the series championship and rookie of the year. Uh, that's it for the daily today. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.